We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back to a special mini-sode of Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast presented by Blue Wire Podcast and brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Manscaped. Remember, listeners, go to Manscaped.com, use promo code BIGSCREEN, get 20% off and free shipping on some incredible underwear. Manscaped's really up their game. Also, go to BetOnline.ag and claim your welcome bonus with code BLUEWIRE. As for today's mini-sode, uh, something, something new I'm trying out. My buddy J.R. Hickey, uh, who you might have known, he's been on past episodes, was on episode one. Remember, the Titans covered uh, Chariots of Fire recently. Uh, for a long time, J.R. was the host of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. He has a new podcast out called So Many Screens for Wash Media, which he's going to talk about here here coming up. But um, wanted to wanted to have J.R. on to try out a new format for big screen sports, something I've been thinking about for a while. Um just quick thing, JR is going to come on and pitch what his favorite sports movie is, what his least favorite sports movie is, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about him. We're going to, um, you know, maybe he's going to try to sell me on something that that's not very good. Maybe he's going to try to sell me on something that he thinks is is really bad, and I actually kind of like. I, I'm going to be surprised by the movies we haven't we haven't recorded this, haven't laid this one down yet, but. Um, yeah, it, this is a format that I've been thinking about for a while. If you have a better name, if you're a listener who has a better name, better than uh, favorite and least favorite, by all means, uh, hit me up on the Facebook group or in on the socials at big underscore screen sport on Twitter or my you know my personal Twitter at Kyle Banduho. Um, but yeah, just fun, quick mini sode. Hope everyone enjoys it. Let me know what you think. Next week, we are talking the program with Barton Simmons from uh, the Barton and Bud podcast, CBS Sports. Already recorded that one. Really fun episode. Um, that's a movie that has has aged interestingly uh, in, in, terms of, in terms of the college football landscape. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That comes at you every Monday. Um, with that, let's talk to J.R. Hickey. Try out this new format. All right, joining me today, returning to Big Screen Sports, my first guest ever. He is the co-host of the brand new podcast, So Many Screens, my buddy J.R. Hickey. J.R., man, what's going on? Crash, thank you, as always, for having me. First ever guest. No one can take that away from me. 
first ever guest on an episode that I re-release in December, Remember the Titans. And uh, I would like to thank everyone who's still listening to this podcast who listened to that because I could not have been a stiffer host. Uh, also had you back a couple months ago to cover Chariots of Fire, a movie neither of us had ever seen. Or movie enjoyed. I don't think we're yeah I don't think we're ever gonna watch it again. Um, before we get into today's kind of minisode format, something something new I'm trying out here. Jared, tell me about so many screens. Yeah, so many screens is my newest pop culture endeavor with Wash Media. The Wash guys, most people are familiar with them. Dave, Will, Dylan, Brett, guys we've had on our podcasts a bunch. Guys we used to work with at Grandex back in the day. They have a podcast network circling back. This is kind of the pop culture adjacent stream to that. So I'm partnering with Tat Pat, Kate Patnaud. She's a very, very funny Twitter follow. She's a bachelor, bachelorette savant on the socials. And she kind of brings the like female perspective and the pop culture. I mean, Cat Pat's cul- just a wish. She's she's sharp. She's yeah, very she's, sharp she's with sharp. pop culture. She's sharp. And I have a background in TV and film, plus all the podcasting I've done. So the two of us kind of make a great like perspective. We talked every week about what everyone should be talking about, whatever just dropped on the streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Go, Amazon Prime. We are going to get into some TV. Our most recent episodes, we've only had about two or three episodes so far. We have done Palm Springs, Hamilton, and the Teen of Staten Island, as well as some like talk about some of the new shows out like normal people the Zach Efron show we're hitting a lot of topics because there are so many like content screens? streams across so many screens that's correct that's the that's the name that's why I named it that so uh, yeah well I've a lot listened, of fun I've listened to your first few episodes uh they're great I've really enjoyed them I've also really enjoyed I really I really like Palm Springs Hamilton is was incredible yeah, uh, and I, I really like King of Staten Island too. I will say that I think I liked, and it, you know, it's not—it's probably not fair to compare things. I think I like Palm Springs a lot more than I like King of Staten Island. I thought King of Staten Island was really good. I thought uh, you and I exchanged some texts after. Like Pete Davidson is is probably not the best actor, but he's very very captivating. Yeah. Um, but Palm Springs, I thought was like a great ninety minutes or however long, however long it was. It definitely has that going for it. The uh, run length, 90 minutes, is like unheard of these days when it comes to feature film lengths. Um, I think Tina Staten Island had a few things working against it. A Judd Apatow comedy plotting at two hours and 25 minutes these days. Like, yeah, we have a bunch of time on our hands, but do I really want to watch like Pete Davidson be a fucked up for that first hour and 45 minutes? Probably not. It's kind of like the opposite problem of funny people. Because funny people had that really strong first hour yep. and then dragged. And King of Staten Island was, yeah, like you said, a lot of a lot of introduction of Pete Davidson's fucking up. And Palm Springs, for those who might not be familiar or who have been living under a rock, is the story of this infinite time loop that's happening in this wedding at Palm Springs. Uh, Niles, played by Andy Samberg, and Sarah, played by Kristen Milioti are stuck in the time loop together. It just jumps right in. You're in the first time loop. She gets sucked into it with him, and then you're just in the action. And uh, I've said this before, and it's becoming like my catchphrase. It's a fun hang. It's like super pastel, bright, a lot of 80s synth music. I love the fits. I love the fun things they do, they decide to do, because that's what's ultimately like everyone comes to when they watch these like repeat movies, like Groundhog Day or Edge of Tomorrow or Russian Doll. 
uh, in a serialized format on Netflix, is like, what would I do in this situation? And what I thought was interesting about Palm Springs was they don't really do anything. They just kind of get drunk, hang out, and kind of enjoy the day, which is uh, a lot different than those other uh, films, and, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It is. It's a really unique twist on a, on a common plot device. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Everyone go check out So Many Screens. Subscribe. You all know the drill. Drop yeah. them a rate and review. At So Many Screens on Instagram and Twitter. If you guys, if anyone here is listening, listen to my Entourage podcast, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, a podcast that Kyle was a frequent guest on. The One amount of, of background work and dedication I put into every episode of Entourage, I am now putting into, like, much more up-to-date content, which feels very refreshing to me and feels like a nice departure from a show that's been off the air for almost 10 years. So check it out uh, if you're interested. Everyone go check it out. Um, JR, today we're doing a new minisode format. This is something something I'm trying out. Uh, if you're a listener who enjoys this and has a better name for it than favorite, <laughs> least favorite, by all means, let me know via the <laughs> Facebook group or social handles. But, uh, JR, you're going to give me your favorite and least favorite sports movies. Starting with the favorite. You have not pre-warned. You have not warned me. I don't know what's coming. Uh, This is favorite by your definition, whether it's the most rewatchable or just like what you think is the best movie you've ever seen or maybe the best personal experience, you know, while watching it. And then you've got to sell me on it. We'll talk about the movie a little bit. I'll... I'll see if if this is a worthy favorite movie and a worthy least favorite movie. So uh, I, I'm excited for this. We're gonna we're gonna workshop it. It might go another five minutes. This might go another twenty minutes. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Jr., uh, tell me what is your favorite sports movie? Okay, it's a 1992 American sports comedy drama, written and directed by Ron Shelton. I know it. <laughs> Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson are streetball hustlers that his white men can't jump. A classic. A I mean, classic. I saw this movie when I was probably 16 years old. I was in a phase. Let's call it a phase, Kyle. I was subscribing to Slam Magazine. I was ordering things off of East Bay. I was wearing baggy and one shorts. I was working at Foot Locker, and I had a cutoff t-shirt probably purchased from the back of one of said slam magazines that said white boy with hops on the front of it. You could not have been more in this movie's demographic. (laughs) Because I've mentioned this before, but I was a high jumper throughout my whole life and in college. So I always had like the ability to jump. And I I just, this movie resonated with me. The edge, the grit, the shit talking scenes are incredibly well written. It wasn't until I moved to California that i uh, that I realized that like they nailed the like Venice Beach boardwalk like scene perfectly. That weird gloom that kind of hangs over the entire movie. It's unlike any LA movie in terms of how it looks. But when you go to LA, that is how it is 80% of the time. It is overcast, it is warm, and it's like weirdly kind of muddy. And seeing like Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes just sweating their balls off, hustling like these major NBA stars like Marquise Johnson. Jerry Payton makes a, a very like small, uh, uncredited cameo. Uh, incredible. As well as, we got to talk Rosie Perez really quick. Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez is on fire in this one. She maybe awakened something in me as a young man. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. The funny thing is for me, I saw, I didn't see uh, White Man Can't Jump until, I, I guess, let's say later in life. Like I think mm-hmm. like when I was in college. 
I saw Pineapple Express before I saw uh-huh. White Man Can't Jump. So my first real Rosie Perez experience was the, the cop, the crooked cop in Pineapple Express. And then I see White Man Can't Jump and I'm like, wait, th- th- this rocket is the cop from Pineapple yeah. Express? Um, in Pineapple I mean, Express, she's a little shrieky. She's a little oh, like... Extremely. Yeah. Yeah, it's extremely. a little... little it, I, I don't like that Rosie Perez. I love Gloria. I love Gloria. <laughs> This movie is a, it's a great odd couple movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really di- it's it's Harrelson and Snipes. I think at their best. Like this might be yep. my favorite Snipes. It's also kind of a shame. This is the last we see Snipes in this arrogant kind of comedic. Still having this comedic side, he gets more like then he goes into okay, I'm an action star, I'm more of a serious star because he still yeah. he does another sports movie, he does The Fan, which stinks, but it's more of a serious movie. But then it's like Blade, it's U.S. Marshals, which I love, but it's not the same Snipes. This this is like um you know this is like if Willie Mays Hayes learned how to talk a little shit and did steroids yep. and and got a little bigger like. And then it, it's Harrelson. Harrelson is so weirdly versatile. Like you wouldn't, oh, yeah. you see him in, I mean, in life, he is just like an aloof weirdo. <laughs> and then like my favorite, Woody Harrelson's got a lot of great roles. My favorite Woody Harrelson role is I think a two minute interview clip promoting the Hunger Games with Liam <laughs> Hemsworth where he makes the he makes the connection that Chris Hemsworth is Liam Hemsworth's brother and says, "Oh man, I just realized like your brother's Thor or whatever." And it's like and then there's a follow-up interview with Liam Hemsworth sometime later where he's like, "Yeah, I've definitely told him that before." <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. Uh Woody Harrelson has not shied away from the fact that he is uh very 420 friendly, you know. His memory noted, maybe it's noted a little shot. Noted yeah. weed guy, but just a great but, versatile guy. Like Billy Hoyle, great character. Um, you know, his character in uh, was it Tallahassee and Zombieland, I love, but yeah. also in True Detective, the first season, which is one of the best seasons of TV ever made, in a very like compelling role. And I mean, it goes without saying, he's got game. He can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble. A lot of like in rewatching the sports scenes in this movie. A lot of it's pretty choreographed, but like you can tell he throws some passes where you're like, well, that wouldn't work in a two-on-two half-court game where he's like, you know, not looking and just doing wrap-around behind the back passes that would easily just get intercepted. But it's so apparent that he can play basketball and that Wesley Snipes cannot play basketball. They famously the way- had to protect Wesley Snipes and his athletic ability. They, like, shoot Wesley from, like, a low angle and, like, with the camera kind of, like, zooming around him to show that, like, I don't even think the guy can dribble in a straight line. The ball's, the ball's, like, nipple height as he's dribbling. Like, anyone would snatch that shit. It's really, really interesting. Um, he showed up on set. He didn't have a clue as to how, how to play basketball. They had to basically give him a crash course. But it doesn't take away from the movie, you know? It's just something you notice, and, um... It's so good. The, the shit-talking scene, I'll, I'll never forget it. It's hard goddamn work being this good. It's because it, it all stems, I think, from Ron Sheldon, sports yep. movie god. Um, that was fun. I'm hoping this is going to be even more fun because this is, again, going to be a surprise for me. JR, what is your least favorite sports movie? Okay. So it's 2008. I am a sophomore in college. I'm at DePaul University, downtown Chicago with my little girlfriend at the time. There's a TV show on. 
It's in its third season. It's in its prime called The Office. Oh, yeah. Star Steve Carell, John Krasinski. It's like all anyone's talking about. The Jim Pam thing, will they, won't they. I've heard of it, John Krasinski is a rising star. He has yet to ascend, but he's on his way up. Oh, I know what this is going to be. At the same time, George Clooney is capping an incredible film run of the Three Oceans movies and Michael Clayton, which ends in 2007. In 2008, the two of them pair up for a slapstick comedy about the early years of professional American football called Leatherheads. And let me tell you, Kyle, did this shockingly bomb expectations. What a disappointment. Right now now in pandemic situation where we can only get movies streamed and we're we're doling out 20 plus dollars to rent movies like King of Staten Island, which is good or whatever, but like I'm having to pay... $25 $25 to rent Scoob for my child. It's just a weird era of streaming. If I told you, if you heard, say, hey, George Clooney, John Krasinski doing a movie about 1920s football. It's called Leatherheads. All um, who is the third? Is it Renee Zellweger? Yeah. Is and that, like, is that to be honest, is? not a fan. Not Never found her that attractive. Like this, it's, this is based off of a Rick Riley book. Rick Riley from Sports Illustrated like wrote the treatment for this. If but if you heard now that this movie was coming out and you were going to be able, you might be able to stream it early or something. How much money would you pay to see that right now in like this this kind of good movie starved era we're in? Probably because I'm so thirsty for sport content, I'd pay twenty twenty five dollars just like I paid for King of Staten Island. I'd drop forty without a doubt. <laughs> wow. If you told me like, and I mean Krasinski, I think has only gotten better since yep. two thousand eight. Uh, George Clooney has always kind of just been good. You a lot of times you really know what you're gonna get, um, yeah. with George Clooney. But I, I, yeah, I would drop like if someone was like, it's like if um, like if they end up if Christopher Nolan throws in the towel and drops Tenet not in theaters, like I'm probably I would pay fifty dollars for that just for like the experience. Same. But this one, this one not working is really, really, really surprising because it had a lot of good tools. It was so shockingly disappointing, too. I remember being like, John Krasinski is so funny in The Office and is not funny in this movie. It's written very slapsticky, and maybe it's because it's supposed to take place in like a different era, this like 1950s whatever. I, Yeah, just a disappointment all around. The sports scenes are laughable. The writing is a abomination. I, I remember wanting to immediately forget that I'd seen that movie as I walked out of the theater. And you look at this cast, it's got Jonathan Price, who was mm-hmm. recently in The Two Popes. I, I think it was either him or Hopkins who was nominated, but regardless. Um, Steven Root, legendary character actor. I mean, he's great yep. in absolutely everything. He's he's coming off dodgeball recently there. I think he's doing his Boardwalk Empire stint at that point. Like, this is... It's, it's really surprising. Like... This is a movie that I would like um, to to promo next week's episode. Uh, doing the program with with nice. Barton Simmons from from CBS Sports, and that's a movie that's like prime for a remake. This mm-hmm. is a movie that should have worked, and I'd be like totally cool with someone trying to make this happen again. Yeah, it it lost money at the box office at a budget of fifty eight million, and it only made forty million, which just shows the show like word of mouth back then only took you so far. 
And I think people saw this in week one and were like, hey, whatever you do, don't see Leatherheads. I know I told quite a few people that. And uh, it's kind of lo- been lost in the sands of time. Uh, some fun, a fun fact that came out from this movie. Did you read this? It came out like just two weeks ago. Um, so in season three of The Office, which Krasinski's filming at the exact same time, he's wearing a wig because he had to have this short haircut for this Leatherheads movie. So the entire season three, if you're rewatching The Office, which I'm sure a ton of people are, his hair looks like not quite right. And it's because he's wearing a shaddy Jim Halpert wig the whole season. I saw the headline about him wearing a wig, but I never clicked it because I didn't care that much like as to why <laughs> he was wearing a wig. And it's kind of funny that it's for a movie that that didn't work out. Um, and now I know I can, uh, this one has been on the, the long list of sport, the sports movie spreadsheet. I keep, I'm now glad I can pencil you in for this one and make you. Oh, it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? I think we'd have a lot of fun with it. It'd be more fun than chariots of fire was because chariots of fire was a serious movie. It was a slog without yeah, a doubt. It was brutal. Without a doubt. <laughs> JR, this was fun. Um, this is a this is a good format. If if listeners like this, by all means, let me know. I would love to do some more of these. Uh, Jared, tell the folks again where they can follow you, where they can find so many screens. At Jr. will do it on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, more importantly, follow at so many screens. Subscribe, leave us a review, have a listen. My co-host is great. The show is it's different than like what you'd hear here on Bidstream Sports or on Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, my previous podcast, but there's a lot of similarities. So please give it a listen. And Kyle, as always, a huge pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. What are you guys talking about next week? What do well, see? That's what kind of the beauty of so many to, screens. Yeah. What it, is there anything you can direct listeners to to watch this weekend? I certainly know we've kind of gotten hooked on this horrible Zach Efron docu show on netflix I keep called down seeing the memes from it or the screenshots oh and God. i'm kind of intrigued it's like it's a real easy watch it's him and his like vegan chef guru slash buddy traveling to all these like exotic countries and talking to them about like hey basically like how do you guys stay alive here and he contributes nothing his reactions to everything are like, that's sick. He literally has a mustache that he's like twirling as he's talking to people like a 1960s cartoon villain. And he narrates over the entire thing. So he narrates his own actions. So he'll be walking down a hall and he'll be like, huh, I wonder what that is. And then on screen, his character will stop and look at something and then keep walking and he'll go, I guess it's nothing. <laughs> it's you just... cannot convince me that this show is not just an excuse for Zac Efron to go have sex with foreign women in exotic locales. <laughs> and in the first episode, he takes his shirt off three separate times. It's it's incredible. It's an incredible flex by a guy who really doesn't need to do much. And I can't believe Netflix gave him money. So we were probably going to hate watch it for the next couple of weeks. But yeah, usually Netflix and Hulu drop some big content pieces on Friday. Watch it over the weekend, whatever it may be, whether it's a movie or a new show. And Kate and I will be talking about it next Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen The Old Guard yet, but that's... Uh, Not yet. That I that I, I took that plunge this weekend. Um, enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah. it. I, 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 I suppose it wasn't like... Wasn't my favorite, but it, it was good enough. But yeah, everyone go check out so many screens. Um, as always, make sure you subscribe for, for Monday episodes of Big Screen Sports. Like I said, covering the program on Monday with Bart and Simmons. Really good episode, and we will catch you then. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.